0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. I am joined by JB as always, um, as our Resident Wolves fan, but I've got to caveat it before you hear him talk this week. JB, you are racing, um, drive safely, obviously, but JB is racing home and we do not have the time to get um, a sit-down episode of the pod in. But this is show business and the show must go on, JB. Um, Exactly where are you recording from at the moment?
1: Um, I think I'm in Hickson at the moment, a little Staffordshire village, just sort of in between Stafford and Stowe. I'm on the way back from work, recording safely, of course. But um, due to time constraints, and so far, I've been really busy, this is the only time that we could actually um, get a recording in place, if you like. So I'm recording safely from my car, uh, hands free, Bluetooth, etc., cetera, um, to, to get this,
0: this, uh, this episode out, really, mate. So I think it's it pays off. Yeah, I mean, obviously, disclaimer kind of goes without saying, apologies for the sound this week, listeners, um, but hopefully we'll be back to normal next week, and JB won't be um, in transit next week. But thank you for joining us anyway, JB. Uh, because you've joined us at such great effort, I'd like to start with Wolves this week and start with a very, very good Wolves win, it must be said. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Tottenham Hotspur nil. Very
1: very good, mate. Yeah, it was very good, mate. It was a really really good result. Um, you know, what was lovely about it was we started off really quickly. We got two early goals. Um, and could have had more to it. I think we'd had a little bit more quality. Been a little bit more clinical going forward. We could have probably had more, to be honest, mate. Um, it was just a really pleasing result. We were we were compact. The formation worked. Um. And we just looked sort of back to our old selves, really, you know, the, what we've come to expect in the Bruno Large. large um, Naturally, you know, Spurs threw into the game as the game went on. You know, they were, i say we had our backs against the wall, probably longer that far. Um, but, you know, Spurs, Spurs tried to push on. You know, we had a couple of little hairy moments where we looked like they were going to get in. But ultimately, mate, I don't think the lady club on us, it was a really, really good performance. To go to Spurs away against Antonio Conte's side and put in the performance that... We did. It was really, really pleasing. Um, and, and every man, too, you know, every man on that pitch deserved every accolade that was because they were, they were superb. they really, really were um, really good performance. made So I was a little bit. We had, we had that sticky result against Arsenal a few days before, where we weren't at our best. Arsenal sort of, you know, we weren't at our best. Sometimes you have to put your hands up, and then when a team has done a bit of a number on you, I think, I think I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, You know, when Brentford did a number on us early on in the season at home, um and things like that, i have us. But I think Arsenal sort of did, you know, did a number on us a little bit. Um, to be fair, though, know, like I said, we weren't at our best. So just sort of regroup in that short space of time, and go to, you know, the London Stadium. And uh, I think it, no, no, that's South West it? Sorry, we <laughs> created the game at Tottenham
0: Hotspur Stadium.
1: Yeah, yeah, forgive, forgive, forgive me. I am driving. Um, <laughs> Now, to go down and point such an assured, really well worth performance. Uh, and again, Bruno Lars doing what he does best, just practically which is the majority of managers that he seems to face at the moment. Um, you know, it, it was really, really pleasing, mate. And what, you know, I'm sure we'll get on to it when we, when we get past this, but what it's sort of done is, in a way, it's, it's opened that kind of, you know, dare to dream again, if you like. and, You know, the way results have conspired, a lot of them. Apart from, obviously, United got a a result last night against Brighton, so it's would have been an ideal one for us, really. You know, results have conspired and gone in a way that has allowed us to really believe again that our European aspirations are on. You know, we've got a huge 10 days coming up, um, give or take, in terms of the next few fixtures across the next week and a half, um, which will ultimately define our season, I think, in terms of which way we go. Or what we're looking at, um, so yeah, mate, really, really pleasing result. Um, great to see, um, Luke not start. gotta give a shout out to him, you know, that was very unexpected. The boy, at 80 old, has come in and put in a, an, an exquisite car performance in the heart of the world, this field, you know, so some of his stuff thrown about. I can't, I don't, I think we put in our little group chat like 96% pass accuracy rate your Premier League debut, you know. Ish. He just knew he class. He's been very highly thought for a number of years. You know, Bruno, Bruno liked him. Bruno spoke about him um, in, in a really positive manner. And he showed his face. We put him in and he, he was superb. Max Kilman again, by far, in my opinion, is the best thing he sent off in the country at the moment. Well, just statistically outperforming twice. Um, and, you know, put him in his back on the score sheet. And, yeah, just nice. The bench looks a bit stronger. All in all, night, really positive, really,
0: really positive, really pleased. Yeah, I mean, it's very true to form, JB, um, but I love how down you can get when Wolves lose and how high you can get when Wolves win, like the flick of a switch. And I don't think anything more encapsulates what it is to be a football fan than the way it can impact yeah. you, like not just you, but everybody, the way it impacts your mood, the way it impacts the way you bounce around work on a monday morning or whatever it might be um but i can see that um you're smiling ear to ear jb while you're revisiting what a few years ago would have been a famous wolves win and it feels a little bit not run of the mill but it feels par for the course essentially wolves going away to big club getting a result
1: yeah, and, and, and that, that's, you know, I know we're probably to lean on in a little bit. And, and like said, people know me, listen to me, you know, people who know me personally, people who listen to me, on their nose, I sort of wear my heart on my sleeve.
0: Yeah. When it comes to what I'm very sort of rash, in my opinion, And I say what I think at the time, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily hold
1: back in that <laughs> um, and I'm quite, I mean, I'm quite happy to sort of take it back if I'm proven wrong. A lot of the time I found I'm proving wrong, but, um, <laughs> I... you know, yeah, but, but in, in this in this in this instance, mate, it was a really pleasing result to bounce back in such such, such a such a such, such a you know excellent way. It wasn't a we did looking one nil and sort of you know rode our luck, You know we were comprehensively the better side and looked the better side. Um, you know and, and we just really really good, mate. And what what that does is again that kind of dare to dream. It opens if you go wow, you look at our next season, weekend. Pull out, you know, two out of three results in that were banging the mix, and yeah, you know, it, it, it's something to look up. You know, rather looking down and that mid-table sort of, you know, uh, sort of after that sort of that. wasn't boring, but you of know when you sort of, you know, you languishing in mid-table. There's nothing really much to play for. No, throughout the
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: I, speaking,
0: to to yeah, speaking as an Albion fan who was you know, perpetually frustrated. We never looked up with a with a really, really strong run of mid table finishes in the Premier League. Um I totally get it. it. It is boring. Finishing eighth to tenth is boring. It's good. It's you know, it's financially sustainable, but it's boring. Yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. So looks say, like we've got that three the board. There's also been going our way, you know. Um I know it's all about right, have good games in hand, so far back, but you know we're we six points off fourth place, two games in hand, if you like, and you know we you win those games in hand, you get you're in touchy distance. After we've got these next three games out of the way, our run on paper looks very favourable. We don't play any of our European challenges, if you like. Um, so, so yes, that sounds quite bizarre. Saying that, but you get the point I'm trying to make. You know, when we're yeah. playing teams below us, which. Historically and statistically is where our sticking point is with Bulls, you know, we often get our better results against the better teams and come up with some stuff. I'm hoping Bruno, and I think I just said these exact words a couple of weeks ago, i am hoping Bruno finds a way past that, uh, which at the moment he does seem to be doing. Um, so, yeah, that really pleasing, I'm, I'm, you know, I I'm, break right up on Friday and I've got um, an inset day on the following Monday as well, and that means I've got sort of, you know, three balls game for them off work that are huge. I'm really looking forward to being able to enjoy them with a beer and not going about work the next day. And, um, yeah, soaking it up really, mate. It's something to look forward to, to play for, and that's always, you know, a pro in your football fan, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those three games, if anybody is wondering, are Leicester, Arsenal, and then West Ham. So it is three really, really big games um, that, as you say, JB, will define your season. Um I feel any time where the universe is kind of aligned to let me enjoy a run of really big Albion games, we always let we always let ourselves down. So I hope for your sake, it's not the same story for you. But I hope you enjoy that that ten days off with. Three wolves games?
1: Hopefully, mate. Oh, that, that's the plan. Listen, it, it's just brilliant being in a position where we can look at these games and go, do you know what? We're actually, we're not just going, we're just playing, uh, you know, uh, an Arsenal or, or whatever. Uh, and we're going there for the enjoyment of, of you know, we go to the Emirates. it's not a lovely day out. So we're going there to compete, to win. These are our rivals. You know, we're up there now. We, we own it. Um, And to have that feeling is your teams have competing with those sort of teams and looking up and thinking, do you know what, there's half a chance if we put a couple of results together, you know, we're banging the mix. Not only for Europe, but for the Champions League. Massive, massive, I'm not saying saying one second we're going to qualify for the Champions League, not at all. Please don't think that I'm saying that. But, you know, stranger things have happened and, you know, you're looking up, you're within touching touch of distance, you've got games in hand, you've got a decent one of form do you want a fixture favorable you've got to look at it in a positive way and no doubt almost being balls will crush my dream um, in due course but uh, you yeah. never know you never know with bruno and yeah, yeah i no,
0: sincerely funny. hope they do let you down jb <laughs> i'm sure you do mate i'm sure
1: you do <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, on that on that note jb of, of you saying you know, european rivals and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to places like Spurs or Arsenal and, and feeling like you belong there, um, which I do think is reflected in the performances of, of Wolves at the moment. Uh, the celebrations when Arsenal beat Wolves, obviously since we've last recorded, Wolves have played twice. And the first of those two games was against Arsenal. Um, that It didn't feel like a shock for Arsenal to win it, of course. But that's a massive result for Arsenal. And you saw that in the celebrations. Aaron Ramsdale, boing boinging, um, for example. Um, Connor Cody, I know, um, spat his dummy out the pram at Arsenal being glad they won that game. I thought that was a very weird... um, I thought it was very weird Arsenal celebrated so much. And I thought it was very weird Wolves got so het up about Arsenal celebrating so much. But such is this time of year and postponed games and so on, so on, so on. Wolves play Arsenal next Thursday which will probably be no we will record before that in fact but how you know looking ahead for that how did the celebrations and so on so on so on Connor Cody spoke out but did you make anything of that?
1: Nothing you, absolutely nothing yeah. um, excuse me sorry to have a drink of water uh, for me it kind of just emphasised that it was almost like a, a, a compliment that they took that game so seriously that they wanted to celebrate like a cup final you know that they knew they needed that result to keep us at arm's length in a way yeah you know do you know what me um and yeah it did when I saw you know I had a right smile the way that never is worded in stuff and obviously that's you're gonna sort of, you know stick up for your own team aren't you over the other but for me Well, there's nothing in it for me. You know, they've they've come to Molyneux. always a tough game at Molyneux. The atmosphere's raucous. You know, night game, etc, etc. They've come away with three points. You know, they've gone down to ten minutes at at some point as well. they have have to survive a little bit of an onslaught, And they're celebrating because it was a a, a massive win for them. Likewise, if when we get to Arsenal next week and we do them, I expect us to celebrate, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. you know, there was nothing in it for me, mate. It, it, it's one of those things. Whether or not we didn't, whether or not as fans watch it on the TV or even in the stadium, um, whether or not we didn't pick up on something, maybe maybe things were said potentially on the pitch and maybe Connor Cody and Neves, as professionals that they are, sort of picked up on something that they weren't happy with. I'm, I'm not sure. It's something that I've never heard Cody say before. I something I've never heard Neves before. So something obviously triggered him. Whether or not it, it was in the heat of the moment and it, it was asked but no Neves' comment were immediately after in the pressure whereas Cody came out about a day or two later
0: and spoke I think on Time Live I think he was yeah so the, uh, I would say a couple of things if you've if never said things like this before you might think all of a sudden Bruno Large has got them believing that they belong at that top table um, and that they yeah, they yeah. should be beating Arsenal and then yeah. secondly um, it maybe sounds like Connor Cody backing um, one of his players you know yeah. as captain yeah
1: very, very, very true, very true. Um, but for me, mate, you know, I, I saw it and I, I, I sort of laughed because it was, it was you know, quite funny and, you know, Neves coming out with that sort of thing. And then I, then I watched a little of Cody clip and, like I say, I hadn't thought this man, well, to be fair, mate, You possibly right that he's just as captain coming out, taking the heat off Neves' sort of thing and, you know, doing what sort of good leaders do. But for me, mate, you know, they celebrated it because it was a massive win for them. If we'd have won that game, you know, that could have put had yeah, serious repercussions for them in terms of how their season goes forward Um, it was a massive win and they celebrated like it was and as I say likewise mate when we get to Arsenal next week and we do a number on them I'd expect us to celebrate in similar vein and wrap it up Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. but we'll
1: see just before we move on Kieran and to the, the audience I am not far about, I'm going to enter the chase for a little, just a little, a little 30 seconds. My signal might dip in and out, but <laughs> I'll be happy. Um, if it does get really funny, easily, because I'm just driving the chase quickly, that's all. I'll yeah, it, be pretty quick.
0: For the benefit of the listener, if it sounds like I'm stalling any more than usual, it's probably because um, JB is on Cannot Chase and has lost signal, um, or he's hit a deer and I am waiting for emergency services to help him out. JB, if I do lose you, don't worry, because I'm thinking of switching over to Albion momentarily. Final word on final word on Wolves. Um, I think next time we record, I think I want to sit down and work out mathematically, is it possible for Wolves, not mathematically possible, mathematically, is it likely for Wolves to get into the top four if we predict the rest of their games? And the same for Albion with the top six, because I fear that we're now looking at a position from an Albion's point, Albion fan's point of view, where it's probably more likely Wolves get into the top four than it is Albion make the top six. We need to win probably 10, 9-10 of our last 15. Wolves probably need a similar hit ratio, um, but it, it's kind of, with the way Wolves are playing up, I- it's it's half likely. So that is a promise for next week. We'll sit down. We'll predict um, just off the bat. We'll predict every game, and we will see. Is it possible for Wolves to get into that top four? Um, maybe put a bit of money on it. Um, we'll see. Okay. So yeah. now then, we'll make that switch to the other side of the Black Country and um, to West Bromwich Albion. Steve Bruce's West Bromwich Albion. Um, I enjoyed a little solo expedition last week without you, JB, which was very weird. Um, but that was a Brucey podcast. Yeah, I was was yeah was that, was, that was bizarre. I, I feel that uh, we certainly work best as a duo, but it, it needs must. And Steve Bruce had been appointed. Um, before we played Sheffield United. Sheffield United away and Blackburn at home are two of the hardest fixtures that he could have started with. There were positives before um, Captain Fantastico got himself sent off against um, Sheffield United. Jake Livermore is... Jay livermore will play you know when he's when he's back you'll play this season i don't think we can continue to to entrust Jake livermore uh, beyond this season that I, I wouldn't do anything rash like freeze him out of a team now because he's a good championship player but regardless of what league we're in next season i'd i'd be looking past Jake livermore a as a club captain and b as a squad player i i, I I'd be reticent to keep him going forward because he's turned into that much of a liability. And then the knock-on effect of that, obviously we lost that game 2-0, but we were at 11 versus 11. There were real positive signs, a lot of intensity. We moved the ball with purpose, which was quite pleasing. In terms of um, the Blackburn game, though, we started with a midfield of uh, Alex mower Jason Malumbi, and Adam Reach. Adam Reach is one of the worst footballers I've seen at the Hawthorns in a long time in terms of end product. He cannot make just simple passes, which is bizarre because he does show really good technical quality, but there were a few times the ball just either fell to him at the at the right end of an attack, or he was one pass away from really setting someone away and he just got it wrong time and time again. You contrast that with the the brilliance, really, of Blackburn's midfield, but like Rothwell in particular, they were excellent. I thought that I thought Albion were as good as Blackburn, but it, where we really, really missed out was half because of Jake Livermore's suspension, half because of um, the wastefulness of our midfield. But you just, you saw the difference that a good midfield makes. Every time they got the chance, um, particularly Rothwell would drop deep. He'd play a big switch over Townsend's head and we were in trouble, or over Furlong's head, but particularly Townsend because... Um, I think Mobish probably identified Grant wants to get in a lot, um, which means Townsend will push up a lot, which therefore means there's space in behind him. Um, so, yeah, mid, I, I thought that was a bit of a wake-up call um, if Bruce needed it, that the, the way that he set that midfield up is not going to work um, at the top end of the Championship. And he he kind of alluded to that in his in his. Press conference, uh, rather his interview afterwards as well. Uh, massive positives for me um, from both of those games is to see Shemi J back in the starting lineup. Uh, he has his critics. Um, I think at times in a back three looks a bit suspect, but I, I think he's a, he's a class act, a proper Rolls Royce of a of a defender at the level. And I think that um, I think that he's is a welcome addition to that back line. Matt Clark I thought also had a good game. Uh, he's had some criticism. He made one mistake which nearly led to a goal. Fair enough. You, you know you you live and die by your mistakes as a center back almost same with the goalkeeper rather than um rather than the things you do well. But yeah, I think there's there's a solid base there with that back four. Maybe Furlong out for Daro Shea, to be honest um, would be my choice. But I I don't think we'll see 4-3-3 again. Again Bruce alluded to this. Uh, you can you can soundbite this, JB, when you get in, but I think four four two is the way to go. And I never thought I'd be saying that. 4 fucking 2 4-4-2. Four four and Mike Bassett, 4-4-2. <laughs> four four Steve, Bruce, Steve Bruce has said he's he's not a fan of the four three three. 3 3 Well, he sort of... To allude to the fact it might need changing publicly is essentially to admit that privately they've... they've They've decided it's not going to work. I think Andy Carroll is such a shrewd bit of business, and I eat my words on that. You alluded to it in your words earlier, JB, um, when you get things wrong. I got Andy Carroll wrong. Um, I, he looks, his touch is brilliant. He looks sharp. His his big problem, obviously, is he, he's a bit of a one-trick pony. He's got no, um, he's got no pace. You wouldn't back him to unleash one from 30 yards or, you know, bust across the near post and put in a a really, really good finish. However, if you consider the fact that what he's doing, you know, what he's been asked to do, he's doing really well. It's, It's hold the ball up, turn, try and bring other players into play. He's doing all of that well and he's willing fouls. His first touch, as I said, has been really, really good. Where I think he would really benefit is somebody a little bit closer to him, whether that's a number 10 or a strike partner, Um, you know, you'd like to have that choice. But frankly, we don't have a number 10. We don't have anyone who can play as a number 10.
2: Therefore,
0: what I would be doing is going Grant and uh, Carol as a front two over the next few weeks until DK is back. Full disclosure to the listener there. um, There was a full-on... Bonafide loss of signal over Canic Chase there. Um, so welcome to part two of the podcast. Content-wise, uh, we're still on the same thread, uh, part one. But in terms of sound quality, uh, we are now very much in a new territory. JB, hello. Hello there. I'm sure you can hear that the hope slash desperation in my voice it's been a rocky <laughs> few minutes um yeah we are, we are back on track david i think um and i have to get this right in the edit i think i was talking about Carl and grant being a potential strike partner for Andy Carroll apologies if if that you know yes. you will you'll see what i mean listeners when you hear oh no fact, they'll already you know weren't they They'll, yeah, and already have, have faced up to this, this nonsense, and yeah. Anyway, um, so for the benefit of our conversation, JB, I was talking about Carl and Grant and Andy Carroll. Now, I think that that could really work. I think Grant Grant is very quick, and Grant is a finisher who could really benefit from Andy Carroll and profit off that second ball. If we go with Carroll and Grant. Um, you're then asking the question, well, who's gonna be there to whip the crosses in? If you're gonna go four four two, then you can have um Grady DiAngana and Matt Phillips, or you could have Robinson and Matt Phillips. I d I don't know. I don't know if I'd do Robinson as an out and out winger. Um or you go you switch to a system where maybe you've got a back three and then your full backs are your crosses. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. so three three one four two or a three, four, one, two. In fact, definitely not a 3 4 1 2 because we don't have a number 10. So, or maybe just 3 5 2. You know, 3 5 2 could work really well. Yeah, sure. That might see some success. But either way, I think that Carroll needs someone up with him. And I think that could be a really good creative outlet if we do have someone to profit from that second ball. Um, And also the thought, and I've heard a few Albion fans say this. recently the thought of Andy Carroll and Daryl DK as a front two is absolutely terrifying.
1: <laughs> JB, yeah.
0: would you like to play against that
2: that front two if you're a defender? No, I, th- I think I think it, like you say it's funny actually I was talking to, to John my Albion colleague at work who I often reference on the pod. Um and I actually shared in the message that you sent me, uh sort of reviewing the the, the nil nil against Blackburn, if you like. Yeah. Um and then we were talking about um about that, he he said he said he'd probably be, you know, so depending particularly where you are results wise, um, before DK gets back, almost if you're in that sort of last throw of the dice, nothing else to lose, and you've got to sort of throw everything everything but the kitchen sink at each, at each game. That's the kind of fun too that you, that you kind of want to kind yeah. of try and create things, batter down the doors if you like. Um You know, I don't think there's necessarily being a huge amount amount of creativity and pretty football on display, but. No. You know, if you're no. if you're chasing a dream, if you like, you know, because let us be honest, it, it's you. Uh, each week that goes by becomes more critical. But it's it's funny because I was listening to. Um, I was saying this to you boys the other day, wasn't I? In our group chat, um, I've I've sort of run out of things to, to listen to, and I, I get to listen to the radio. So i was listening to some of our old podcasts, um, so we're just from earlier on in the season, just to sort of read your memory and things like that. I listed the one where we were previewing the Albion-Fulham game from on the season when you played them at Craven Cottage. Yeah. And at that point, you were one point behind Fulham. Wow. You're now 18 points behind in less than three months. Um, And, well, just over three months, should I say, sorry. Um, So to go from... It really hit home to me. We were talking, you were like, oh, if we get the win... But a bit of a worse set, there, second, were third. You know, it's definitely going to be one, one of us, Bournemouth or Fulham that are in the top three is going to be us, Fulham and Bournemouth, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Which we said that point looked very, very likely. So the, the decline in form over the last three months to go from being one point behind Fulham to 18 in three months is startling. And I was thinking about you're in a really difficult situation where. There's the, the culture now on on a match day on the pitch where there's not that winning mentality. Nobody's quite sure how to get to that winning point. Um, you know, Bruce's first game's like, you know, let's get Sheffield United, prove a point, you know. First home game of the season against a, a promotion rival. Let's prove a point. And they still haven't been able to do that, if that makes sense. The new manager bounce hasn't kicked in like I thought it might. Granted, difficult, difficult games. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. Yeah. And there's only, and there's even more difficult ones in my eyes coming up. But for me, I have gone off on a tangent a little bit. Potentially, if you are still sort of around the eighth, ninth mark, as you are now, looking up with the three, four-point gap, and you need to do something drastic come mid end March because you're running out of time, for me, the DK Carroll thing might, might have to be an option. Yeah. Um, because I think, I'll be honest, I think every other option would have been used by that point. Um, True, yeah. It's, you can't be far off using every other every option that you've got available now in terms of dif- the way you, you play as a front two or front three. Uh, you know, whether you play with the, with with the one at the top of the triangle or the two behind. You know, I, th- I think I think yeah. you, I think between Ishmael and Bruce in his first game, you probably tried most things. So DK Cowell might be your only option. Um, so yeah, it's one of those. I think there'd be a handful. I absolutely think there'd be a handful together. Yeah. Um, I certainly wouldn't have fancy nine minutes against the pair of them. Um, but yeah, like I said, mate, I think a lot of it comes down to what clicks for Albion and Bruce going forward. I think he's still finding his feet with the squad and what works. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, I think obviously DK came in as the man to sort of base the team around horrible injuries now. That that hasn't been the case. But as I agree. I think colson Dunning of I've, I've watched your last few games on and off. You know, okay a, a you know, he's, he's, he's not the, the prettiest player. But I think Cole does a job, I do. Absolutely. I was at the mix yeah. because I've always liked him. I've watched him for years. I've, I've almost based my own game on him a little bit in terms of how I play as a striker. Yeah. So I've always liked him. I've always been a big, big fan of Andy Cole. Um, but he does a job for you. He holds the ball well. He's got, he has got a superb left foot. Have you ever realised what a great left foot he's got? He's the, he 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 got a great first touch. He's unbelievable in the air. And he has got a really good left foot. He hits the ball really clean. When he hits the ball, it's clean. Yeah, yeah. Really clean. And I actually when I when, when Albin signed him, I was I don't know, I everyone's on fucking hell, handicap. I do deep down, I think he'd do a job for you. Um I don't think
0: he's scored yet, has he? I don't think. No, he, he hasn't scored yet. He, he missed he missed a good headed chance against um Blackburn. And that's kind of the first real chance he, he's had. We but, uh, Millwall, but that's well, that Millwall one was a sort of a volley out of nowhere, wasn't it? A volley out of nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strange because despite him playing well and being a striker, um, he's not really had any chances. But I think that's kind of the problem. If you've got Andy Carroll playing well and getting nothing from him, you've got to you've got to rethink how you're going to get how you're going to get yeah, out it. of him. Because that's if, if he, if he, and you put anything up to him and it sticks. A bit like yeah. kind of opposite of what we've seen. Um, well, what we had seen under Ishmael at times when the ball would just bounce off Robinson or yeah, yeah. sometimes Hugh Gill or whatever it might have been. But um, I think that under under Bruce, I think we've got to find a system, but we've got to find it fast. And as you alluded to, there's a real mentality of... Uh, there's a losing mentality and that losing mentality is a, is, a, is a disease. It's a sickness in football and you can slide... Uh, JB, you, obviously you saw that with Wolves. A losing mentality got in at Wolves. Um, around oh, obligation. You, you've,
2: t- you've took the words out of my mouth. Obviously, yeah. you, you know, we're nearing the same level as that scene for Wolves. But, you know, we were sitting in January. Uh, I think we were I think we were ninth or t- maybe 10th, 11th. We, 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 we were mid table, but looking up. We'd had a couple of rotten results. We lost in the FA Cup um, a- against Luton, who was, at the time I think were in the conference. Um, there's the Saksoul back and brought in Dean Saunders, who, you know, worst manager I think I've ever seen at the Wolves. And literally, you've, you've and, and that loser mentality carried on. Dean Saunders was unable. I think we won one or two games on the Dean Saunders from sort of January to the end of the season. Um, and I'm not saying that's going to have to be Bruce now or anything like that. But once that rots in and once you are going to that pitch, and like I said to you, the difference at the moment, you're playing teams that are fired up, you know, really fired up because everyone has got the aspirations of, we want the playoffs. You're gonna you're gonna hit some teams at mid-table languishing in a couple of weeks. But for now, your next at least two yeah. games, yeah. You know, are, are 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 for me are like Jesus. Yeah, we you know. We've
0: got, we've got another couple of tough games. We've got obviously Luton at Kenilworth this weekend, and then Borough at Riverside, and there's they're two tough, tough places to go. Borough are a tough team to play, obviously, but and yeah. Luton is renowned for being a tough place to go. Obviously, everyone talks about walking through back gardens to get to the away. Yeah, home. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a it's a real season-defining time that, unfortunately, Bruce has to has to think on his feet to. To get through, we then we've still got to play Fulham and Bournemouth after that. So it's not it's not as if we've then got a clear run to the end of the season. There's there's tough games left. Sure. In the, the the saving grace for Albion, um, I suppose. What well, saving grace? We are only a good week. Obviously, two games a week in the Championship. We are a good week away from from being back in the top six, right back where we wanted to be, um, or right back where. Well, it's not really where we wanted to be at the start of the season, but, you know, right where we want to be now, you've got to reassess your goals kind of thing. Um, we're a good week away. It's not like we need a miracle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the, on the on the point of a losing mentality setting in, you saw when Alan Pardew came in a couple of years ago at the Albion, he just could not buy a win for love nor money. Um, but there comes a point when something changes and, And for Albion, it was uh, on that time, it was a point in Darren Moore. And then we went down under Moore. um, Obviously, not his fault. We went down under Moore and established this winning culture again. Then, obviously, 18 months after um, Moore was sacked, we found ourselves back in the Premier League. But then, again, you hit this losing culture again, and we haven't been able to shake it off. Credit to Ishmael for taking a, a, a... a team who lost their two best players. Really, I include Sawyer's as one of our best players at Championship level, um, and Pereira, and and getting a tune out of them for the first quarter of the season. Because you're looking at it now, and you're thinking, "Well, where's the quality in this squad? There's nothing there. It's poor.
2: It's really poor. Yeah. They,
0: they, they've not moved on
2: from from that summer under Billich. Yeah, you touched on it briefly before. Um, obviously, you, you drew nil nil with Blackburn. Um, and obviously it was a fairly evenly matched game, I thought. Yeah. Um, but, but even in that game, even in the even spells, obviously you had a couple of spells where you put the pressure on, and they they just looked better quality than you. Yeah. The, you know, they just looked like they had more about them. You know, Breton Diaz just looked like you know he was going to get in at any point. That Rothwell lads, you know, they got the wolves full back at left back. Um, you know, they, they just add lots of quality, particularly midfield. I was, I was really impressed with Blackburn, um, to be honest. And he's shown actually what a good result it was, you guys going there early on in the season and, and, and getting the win. Um, yeah, because the, of,
0: And the only difference between that Albion side and this Albion side, and it's linked to this theme of losing mentality, is confidence, JB. That's it. Yeah, yeah. A, a confident Callum Robinson, for example, or a confident Carlin Grant or a confident Alex Mower, they are top two. Um, championship players, they're automatic promotion players when they're on form. But you then, if you take away that flair, that confidence from players like that, then what what are you left with? Because they are, you know, Callum Robinson. For me, it isn't good enough. It wasn't good enough the first time he came up. He was just playing in a great team with with well, with good with Grady Diangana and Mateus Pereira. Essentially, yeah, yeah, running the show and Sawyers as well. Um, but Callum Robinson is without confidence has nothing. I could, I can, I can live with Callum Robinson if he's if he looks lively, looks dangerous. His performance against Blackburn was so so poor. I could not believe that he saw, I think he, yeah, he saw 90 minutes in the end, but Carlin Grant was also just as bad. Um, he just touched the ball a little bit less, I think. So that's why yeah. he got the hook rather than Robinson. But I mean, it comes down to how we're going to get the best out of our, our attackers because we have some talented attackers like Diangana and Grant and so on, so on, so on. Um, and I yeah, think, yeah, sure. Sadly, I, sadly, um, not sadly at all. But you know, ironically, I think the answer is with four four two for the moment, I, I, which I never thought I'd say, but I do. I think um, back to basics, and I'd probably play a narrow four four two. I, I wouldn't go old-fashioned wingers. I would let the fullbacks do a lot of the crossing, um, and yeah. I, I would, I would, I would help the midfield out in that way. I'd probably play Matt Phillips on the right and Diangana on the left, and naturally Diangana, he wants to beat a man and come inside a little bit. That's good, and Matt Phillips has played at central midfield a lot. He could help. Uh, tactically, and there you've got you know fullbacks who can push on. I think there's something there, you, you know, for the crosses to Andy Carroll. That's why the fullbacks will be pushing on. I think there's something there. It could work, but I, th- I might. I, f- I feel myself like I'm clutching at straws. So I don't know how Bruce feels. Yeah. Training. And like you say, by the time DK gets back, we might have exhausted every possibility apart from
2: yeah, yeah, D- yeah. DK
0: and Grant up front. Uh, sorry, DK and mm-hmm. Carroll up front. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: uh, it, like I said, mate. You know, we we've spoke about this, and I don't get to the, the sort of um, the routine of repeating myself. But we've spoke about this little spell at Albion about how important it was. We 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 spoke like about these fixtures weeks and weeks ago, um, and and, the, and you haven't had the ideal start, you know. Potentially, I mean, I'm not sure who you have next Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the sort of the week and a half spell or the weekend. I'm not sure you got after Middlesbrough. Um, Swansea. Swansea I did see that actually yes I did see that three really difficult games because Swansea I remember I oh, actually watched the Swansea game and the B were on the seas. I think it was 2-1 you scored early didn't you you lost 2-1 yeah um, and what have you and they're a good side Swansea and they are in the mix because um, I looked at where they were because I felt like I hadn't spoken on them for a while and they're right in the mix um, If they get a few, fishing a few results together so your next three games are pivotal yeah and it's going to be really to see what Brucey does does he go to that four four two? Does he stick to what he thought was a deep half decent performance against Blackburn? You know, where, where where does he go with it? Because you know you, you, you're playing teams with the tails up who won it. You know, Luton. I think it's, I think it's it was in the messaging. I said the Luton game as the as a whiff of the QPR game from a few weeks back. Whereby they're on your tail and if they won, the one that overtake you.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, and QPR, even though even though they lost last night, the generally up until last night that. I'd that, 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 that Albion win really sort of spurred them on and, and sort of cemented their place in the playoffs for now. Middlesbrough likewise will want to keep you at arm's length and keep you away. You know, that, that I imagine that'll be a, a rocking riverside as well, half term sort of thing and not not putting not far for full you'd have thought. Um and then I'd say oh, I think sorry if Swansea will be at home I, I, I yeah of course because she played away on Saturday. So potentially you could be going to a Swansea game on the back of two difficult games again with that real must been feel about it and it's just about how you respond as a team and how the players respond and yeah well it's difficult mate if, it, if it you is, just feels difficult talking about it
0: yeah it is and
2: it, feel, it feels like last season
0: to be honest always trying yeah. to the positive when there aren't many there to be found uh, yeah Luton's away burrs away and then uh, Swansea's at home so yeah Albion. yeah that's it again um, yeah, the in terms of Luton, obviously you alluded to it there. They they lost last night, but before that they've been on a great run. They've lost twice since the start of December. Um, yeah, it just so happens that one of them was on Saturday against Birmingham, three 0 Yes, um, we got to sort of hang our hat on that. But they've not lost at home in months. I don't yeah. even know when they last lost at home. Uh, Cardiff on the twenty seventh of November was the last time they lost at home. So really really tough place to go everyone knows it's a tough place to go but yeah yeah at the moment it's playing out that way as well so it'll be it'll be really interesting um funnily enough Grady Diangana made his debut against Luton a couple of years okay. ago yeah came off uh, the bench at half time scored twice and it was like wow who's this player yeah yeah um, yeah and ex- now you're not asking who's this player but you're asking where's that player and- yeah yeah you, sure. n- you never know, stranger things have happened than Diangana rocking up to to Kenilworth and going, oh yeah, I've got good memories here. Because we <laughs> he changed the game, we were 1-0 down, he scored twice, we won 2-1 and you, ne- you never know, Deang- he was actually unplayable as w- aside from the goals as well. So yeah, yeah. Diangana might, might turn it on. Funny enough, JB, I was looking and Blues lined up with a 3-4-1-2 um, against... Against um, Luton, obviously Luton are militantly back three um, slash back yeah. three um, under Nathan Jones. So you might see Bruce try a back three system, maybe that three yeah. one or two, um, or something a little bit more um, orthodox like a three five two. But yeah, yeah sure. I, 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 I'm not even going to try and guess the formation because I've mentioned three. I think it'll be one of four four two, three four one two. Um, Slash three one four two whichever yeah, you want to go um and uh or three five two I'd probably bet money on three five two but um you know we'll see we'll see sure. I do want to see two strikers and I think Bruce wants two strikers as well in terms of a score prediction on that game um and we will loop back and just finish on Wolves as well at the end but in terms of a score prediction on that game I'm not I'm not confident it's not nice but I'm I'm thinking we're going to go into yet another another pivotal game. And I, I can't see us coming out on the right side. I think Nathan Jones might do a little bit of a job on Steve Bruce. And I think we might be looking at a 2 0 Luton win. Our, our, I think our, our woes in front of midfield might, in front of midfield, in front of goal might continue. Um, sadly, I,
2: I don't do very often, but I'm going to predict an Albion loss. I can't tell you the last time I heard you predict an Albion loss. I don't, I don't think you predicted one this season for a start. Um and, I, and I think the last time very rarely you very rarely predicted them in the Prem as well, mate, to be honest. I think the last time I predicted
0: an Albion loss was against um Man
2: City when yeah. got sacked, and we didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I
1: mean
2: I mean I'll, I'll jump in on that, mate. I am toying, I can't see an Albion getting a win. I can't I just can't see it. Um I'm toying between sort of a loot win and winning a draw. Um but I, I, don't, I think we'll, we'll probably end up touching on Tuesday. We're we going to touch on Tuesday's game as well, or we're it's, not sure. If we're... But it's,
0: it's a little bit of a nightmare recording wise, isn't it? Because we, yeah, we play Thursday, Albion play Tuesday. Um, if we record, we could say Wednesday, and then then yeah, we probably should talk, touch on the Borough game. There you go, listeners. A little bit of live. Uh, pretty, yeah uh, schedule uh, uh, right yeah. <laughs> um such as covering two teams from different leagues one of them being in the championship yeah in terms yeah. of that borough game I, a lot of what I make of that borough game is gonna gonna hinge massively on how we get on on Saturday to be honest so I feel that like whatever I'm gonna say is is meaningless because if we try a formation that doesn't work on Saturday then I imagine we'll change it again. For the Sheffield United game, yeah, but yeah, Chris Wilder, another manager who's militant in a back three. You might see us play a back three system in both of these games. I don't know, but I'm yeah. I'm, I'm not confident about that one either. I'll put it that
2: way. Yeah, I know, I know. So for me, um, I, I'd hate to sort of end the pod. Well, you know, I'd, I'd love to see it myself, but I'd hate to sort of end it on on, on a two loss, two two loss, two loss prediction. But um, I'll go. I'll go one all with Luton, and I'm going to go two 0 Middlesbrough. Um I, I just I can't I can't see you coming out of either game with with. Him. And if you do, that'll be that will be the Bruce effect kicking in because he'll do, do well, he'll be it. doing some yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. To, to to come out of either of those with a win. Um, absolutely.
0: Yeah, if we did get a surprising win on Saturday, I there I I wouldn't. Doubt our ability to go and get a win on Tuesday as well. Yeah, sure. That's sure. what a new manager bounce is all about, isn't it? So
2: yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. we will have a,
0: we'll still be without Jake Livermore and you know making a, a midfield of whoever's available. So we'll see. We'll
2: sure. See. Sure.
0: JB, as we alluded to earlier, big, big, big time in the um, Canada for Wolves as well. Some really tough fixtures on the horizon. Um, Leicester first up, which is. I mean, last season would have been a really tough fixture, but Leicester aren't going all that well. Uh, we will recover yeah. again before we touch on Arsenal. Um, so, JB, talk me through that Leicester game. At the start of the season, we had a conversation about who's going to finish the top Midlands club. And we spoke about Villa and Wolves. And then I said, "Oh, what about Leicester?" And you sort of went, "Oh, obviously Leicester are going to finish above Villa and Wolves." Like and sort of <laughs> yeah. you got to a wrong conclusion. And now Leicester might not even finish above Villa. Um, yeah. So how, how are you feeling going into that semi Midlands yes. uh, derby, if you want to call it that?
2: Listen, listening back to some of my, our previous pods of our predictions haven't been the greatest. To be fair, we, we should we should do a blooper episode maybe at the end of the season, recapping some of our our uh, our poorer predictions. I don't, think we have, had, we have time. I don't think anyone's got enough time to listen to I know, honestly, it on Which is a night which is a night when you record yeah. sort of off the cuff, off the back of results, in the heat of the moment. Oh, J B in, 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 in a pandemic. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, you are gonna get that sort of thing. But very funny listening about sort of things. Sorry I digress. Yeah. Leicester Sunday, uh, big, big game. We should be ready and primed. I looked at our bench against Spurs. He's looked a lot stronger than what it has in recent times. Potentially, Moutinho's back this week. I'm not quite sure what his injuries, but there's nothing to come out and say it's long-term. So, potentially, he could be back in that squad. Though, to be honest with you, um, depending. I don't think he'll play a midfield three at home to Leicester. I think he'll go back to the front three, and I think he'll go back to a Neves and Moutinho midfield if Moutinho's free, which would be harsh on Luke Cundall. He was superb last week, but I think he will go back to that if that's available. Um, and obviously, seeing the images and the, the videos of Neto's back in training now, as well, which was which was great to see. Johnny's back on the bench, so Johnny's back in the mix. Um, we're looking we're looking a lot stronger than what we've done in recent weeks, where we've looked on the verge of. Um, bare bones and and sort of a couple of inches away from a crisis. We, yeah. with, with our bench looks deep. Our squad looks looks plenty looks decent now. It looks you know looks plumped up if you like. So in terms of Sunday, um, big game. Um, one of my favourite kickoffs half four on a Sunday. I love the half four kickoff on a Sunday. We don't often get that that kickoff, so I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I think we'll have too much for Leicester. I've, I've got a back us just based on the way we played last week. The fact that. The way Bruno's come out about this week in terms of our aspirations and what we should be aiming for, um, he's not looking down. He's not playing it down. He's saying he wants the best. He, we should be competing with these teams. We should be beating them. He's not shying away from what what he knows. The expectations are now, um, and I love that about him. I love that on open openness and honesty. Um, as you say, let's haven't been really bit at the races this year. They don't seem to be themselves. Um, and we've generally got a pretty good record against Leicester over the last couple of seasons. Um, and I'm going to back us to sort of keep that record going. So I'm going to go for a... I'm to, I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Again, I'm going to go for 2-0 no, Wolves. Okay, I I think this is a,
0: a first uh, on the podcast where I'm going to pick an Albion loss and then I think a, a Wolves win as well. Um, Look... Look at the strain on your face. All right. Well, thankfully, <laughs> it's a podcast, JB, so no one can see the strain <laughs> on my face. They might be able to hear the strain in my voice. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, let me compose myself before I say this. I think Wolves have too much for Leicester. And I think that those teams have gone in two different directions since the start of the season. And I think Wolves have a lot of quality and they will win this football match. I hope... I hope I'm wrong about both to be honest I hope Albion end up winning and, and Wolves end up losing but in terms of in terms of what this would do for I, your season I know yeah I know in terms I, of what this would do for your season as well I think it'd be a massive massive win um, yeah, yeah yeah going into that double header in London that um, Arsenal West yeah. back to back I think this is a a big big game for Wolves and I think <sighs> yeah I'm going to go 2-1 I, can't, I yeah. can't see Wolves keeping a clean sheet, as good as Wolves are defensively. I think Leicester are, are, are always good for a goal. Um, and I think 2-1. I think if David yeah, Gardy was fit and Leicester were at their full-strength side, I think this is a bit of a banana skin for Wolves. and yeah. You know, can beat anyone, but I can't see Leicester turning up to Molyneux and getting a result um, at the moment with the way they're playing and the way Wolves are playing. But you never
2: know. You never know, mate. You never know. To anyone
0: who has listened this far, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for your patience in the first half of the podcast. Um, Thank you for your patience every week, to be fair, because we do chat some nonsense. (laughs) Uh, But thank you for your patience with the audio in particular this week. Um, And thank you for your attention as always. If you are on social media, you can find us at BC our pod on twitter and if you wouldn't mind rating us wherever you get your podcasts uh, whether that's apple podcasts or spotify that would be great too they've recently added um rating the rating system on spotify Um, so that's something that you couldn't previously do and now you can and it does really help us out to get a good rating and other than that just tell a friend old-fashioned word of mouth is always better than a um an aimless retweet Um, so please please do share Share it for and wide. Share it with whoever Me you too, that's it. Um, Yeah, because it always helps us and makes it all
2: worth doing. JB, anything you want to add before we bid farewell? No, mate. Good to catch up again for like a while. I think farewell. we were saying before, weren't we? We've, we've obviously, it's been a busy sort of period of time. This period after Christmas and New Year, we um, get back to the swing yeah. of things. It's always quite busy and difficult, but um, fingers crossed, going forward now between now and the end of the season, barring international breaks. We should have a weekly episodes coming at you thick and fast um, and be to see how our seasons pan out Absolutely
0: I'm thinking um, this might be the last season we do the Black Country Ramble if we're languishing in the Football League and you get back into Europe so enjoy it while you can listeners (laughs) a little exclusive Uh, JV. it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble to everybody at home and we will catch you next time